Hi, welcome to Hills I Die On, a podcast where I, Taylor Cox, invite guests to discuss and debate unpopular opinions they're so deeply passionate about, they'd be willing to die on a hill over it. Each episode will consist of joyfully heated debate where I will argue against whatever said unpopular opinion might be and do my best to make sure all involved successfully die on their hill. Thanks for listening. everyone and thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Hillside Dion. Uh, I'm here in my little apartment in sunny Los Angeles. The birds are chirping, the never-ending construction on our building has subsided, and a massive butterfly migration that's happening right now has made the sky extra beautiful and the ground a horrifying graveyard of winged death. It's a real nightmare. <laughs> I am also here with my first guest of the season, who I'm very excited about. She is an incredibly talented writer, slash comedian, slash actor, slash podcast host extraordinaire, a true multi-hyphenate. Uh, she is also one of my all-time favorite humans on this planet. Please welcome to the podcast, Alex Franklin. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for braving the butterflies to be here and the LA Marathon. There was a period of time where I wasn't sure if I was going to get to you because there was like a massive line of humans that like <laughs> the one street that divides us happens to be the street that the marathon is taking place on. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, but they were able to segue out along with the butterflies. I haven't seen many of those left either. Because they're all dead on my car. <laughs> Every last one of them. I would say that the butterflies flies are much worse than the marathon runners for that very reason alone. There are no joggers dead on my car as far as I know yet. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm really excited to have you here as my first guest for a few reasons. Um, first of all, your hill, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, and second of all, because when I decided to go to the dark side and start a podcast, um, I had two ideas um, at the time and was forcing anyone who would listen to listen to me pitch them my podcast ideas and then tell me which they preferred. <laughs> super fun at parties um, and if you remember correctly every single person I spoke to said they liked the other podcast better including yes. you yes I did yes but I desperately wanted to do this one so after about like four or five times of like complaining to you and like slash begging you to reconsider you finally told me to just do whatever I wanted to do and that this could be the hill I died on Oh, wow. I, oh, so I really so like, you, I told you that you, I crystallized that your premise is what absolutely. is driving you. Truly. I was yeah, desperate, desperate for that validation. It was all I needed. And here we are. So oh, it felt yeah. serendipitous to have you here today. I'm so happy I was um, able to provide that thank for you. you so, thank you so deeply. Um, so thank you for helping me die on my podcast hill <laughs> as I will help you die on yours, mm -hmm. uh, which brings us to the real reason we're here today, the hill that you are going to die on. Do you want to tell us what that is? Yes. I think The Bachelor is the perfect way to find love. It's a wonderful hill to die on. And just to clarify, you do not mean that it is just the best TV show to find love, but that compared to like all other alternate forms of dating, this is the best way to find love. Yes. Like better than online dating, getting set up, meeting someone in college. Right. No matter what, the best way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is actually a very fun hill for Alex specifically because Alex is a Bachelor expert. Um, she hosts a podcast of her own called Trust the Bachelor Process. 
um, which is hilarious and everyone should listen to. Uh, and I, on the other hand, am a very new Bachelor convert that relied heavily on Alex to catch me up to speed on The Bachelor this year. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. Yes, very much so. I um, was pretty resistant to the whole thing and then started a new job. And on day one, first conversation happening in the room by the showrunner was The Bachelor. And I found out that everyone else in the room, although maybe one other person, was huge Bachelor fans. Bachelor, for whatever reason, is the one constant in every single comedy writer's room. So somehow, I am the only one who didn't get that memo. <laughs> so here I am on day one, like, fucking texting my therapist under the table like for extra Xanax, being like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not prepared for this, like, for so many reasons. And also texting Alex, being like, you were right all along. I'm so sorry for not being a supportive friend. Like, what do I need Thank to know? Thank you for apologizing. I am deeply sorry and also deeply grateful for you for getting me up to speed quickly um I immediately started watching for no other reason than wanting to fit in with my coworkers and be part of the conversation um desperate for attention as we know uh and you know I think this I think I really was uh won over by Colton's season you were and from what I've heard it wasn't even one of the best seasons oh I think it's one of the better bachelor seasons oh really in more recent memory just because like there's a format that everybody has to adhere to every year and uh it's very rarely broken so when the formatting is broken it's really compelling television interesting this one was more intriguing i think than i was at least anticipating it being because colton was he was a very interesting bachelor he was (laughs) he was a virgin he's dated ali raceman he had all of these things qualifications that make him an eligible young bachelor well made it seem like he was somebody yeah well like or somebody who was like very much seeking fame rather than love right oh interesting so i there for the right reason so he had to win us over and he did i mean he was extremely compelling yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm the, when he finally jumped that fence, I have oh to say gosh. I was on board. I understood. And most importantly, I could be part of the text chain about it. <laughs> <laughs> that fence jump was unbelievable. Um, I like it made me realize that at the end of the day, we're all just like sort of these primitive beings that are attracted to like, um, <laughs> like masculine men who can like uh I don't what? know if a high jump necessarily qualifies. Like, ooh. Yeah, but it did <laughs> something instinct. for me. It was a primal instinct. Yeah. It did something for me that I was like, ooh, man, like that. <laughs> yes. Make babies with That's me, amazing. please. I, I really look forward to the day when you do find love and the person is like a pole vaulter. And all of a sudden <laughs> we realize it's not everyone. It's just you. And there's like weird draw to like leaping. I'm, I'm on board with that. Well, I mean, that's why I mean, that's just one of the many reasons that The Bachelor benefits everybody. Right. All that love. to say mm-hmm. that I am very excited to put my new knowledge to use to argue the stance that The Bachelor is not the best way to find love. Wow. Um, yeah. Later, I may even argue that it's not even the best to TV show to find love, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, Before we begin, just a couple of ground rules. Um, First of all, the rules of the debate are simple. Uh, You will try to convince me that your hill is worth dying on, and I'm going to do my best to defend against it at all costs, okay? Okay. Uh, Second of all, if at any time either of us feels like the debate is getting, you know, too heated for some reason, um, both parties are allowed to call for one time out where we can take like a three to five minute breath or gather ourselves, have a cocktail or 
you know, <laughs> I think I have milk in the fridge. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I will die on the hill if milk is the best drink. We will get to that later. I could do a full three-hour special on why everyone should stop being grossed out that I like a glass of milk. In the meantime, let's get to the hill that Alex Franklin believes that The Bachelor is the best way to find love. Let's die on your hill. So to start, um, I see you've come pretty prepared, haven't you? Yeah, I've got like a whole outline. Which is fantastic. Um, In that case, I'd love for you to go ahead and start with your opening statements if if that's how you'd like to do this. Oh my gosh, an opening statement? Go go for it. Oh, it's been a while (laughs) since I've like been in a forensics club. I mean, I'm I'm just impressed with your outline just from what I see. So I'd love for you to just jump right in it. Why do you, why do you feel this way? Um, my gosh, it's so multifaceted. I think the bachelor is the best way to find love, um, because you, it allows a person to explore their options and be put in many scenarios that, uh, mirror what life will look like outside of this microcosm of the show. But because you're forced to talk about your feelings all of the time, you're zeroing in on a certain goal. Sure. Um, so I have like, I mean, should I get into like certain points? That was sort of like an overall yeah, mission no, statement. That was a beautiful mission statement. I'd love for you to go ahead and start just with your with your points of why you believe this. Okay, I'm ready to fight. So. Let's get it. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, so you know when you're dating, or not you're uh-huh. you're in a very happy relationship, but like so. One of the big things I, I have dated. Uh, <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm aware. I feel uh, like can talk to this point. Actually, you're disqualified from <laughs> arguing with me on this point because uh, uh, you don't remember. Yeah, which is weird that you aren't bringing up the way that I found love as the ultimate form by going out with a man who asked me out and finding a, out a year later that he thought it was networking drinks. <laughs> I'm really weird about that you haven't seen the success of my relationship and been like, aha, lack of self-awareness. Hey, a lot of people have no self-awareness on this show. That's oh, part of what go. makes it good TV. Oh. And also what makes for mostly engaged couples by the end of this. Uh, okay. okay. So when you're dating people, very often early on, maybe in those like three to five dates, uh, th- first three to five dates, it's important for people to know that they're on the same page as sure. one another. So you might date somebody who doesn't want kids and you absolutely want kids. Or you might be dating somebody who's really religious and you're not religious. There's a lot of things that go into wanting the same things out of life and so, and wanting the same things out of dating. So a lot of times people are just like going to take are going on dates or on these dating apps because they just like are bored, visiting a new city, want to take somebody out to dinner, whereas the other person is like ready to find their true person. I don't sure. know where I'm drawing this from right now. <laughs> Certainly not uh, personal experience. experience. <laughs> but by the nature of signing up for the show, everybody is adhering to the reality that they want the same thing, which is a proposal at the end of this. And, the beca- and because there's like this common groundwork of two people wanting the same thing, which is marriage at the end, it ultimately opens up conversations that would be uncomfortable to have that sometimes come a little too late, like kids or religion. Like it forces these conversations almost immediately because the format of the show wants you to rather than those conversations coming up a little too late. And then you being like, oh, my God, how I'm how am I in a three year relationship with somebody sure. who doesn't want the same things as me? Again, I don't know where I've been doing yeah. that. Okay. I so, about it. okay, I see you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I respect your opinion. That being said, 
I completely agree that knowing someone is there for the right reasons is important. And well, that is something that The Bachelor Thank you for offer. using, by the way, the proper language, the right reasons. <laughs> for the right reasons. Now I know that you actually Just, do watch I show. mean, thank you for giving me an opportunity to prove my... <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. No, no, all that to say, um, you know, I I think that while The Bachelor does offer that, uh, if you're being set up or if you're on a dating website, like you're you're also offered that same luxury, right? Like a lot of times on online dating, you have to actually fill that out. Like it's part of the questionnaire, like what you're looking for. I know people even, you know... (laughs) Alex and I were swiping on Bumble this week and (laughs) looking through people will say what they're there for and some don't sure but a lot of them absolutely do do that or if you're being set up with a friend a lot of times your friends will know what both parties are looking for and be able to curate accordingly so while I do agree that that is an important element I don't think it's bachelor exclusive and therefore I don't think it is really that that of a you know here's the method. thing I've collected a lot of data I've been on a lot of first dates this year. Yes. Okay. so this is all coming from a very scientific place which is my brain um, <laughs> so yes a lot of people do put what they want a lot of people omit what they want and I've learned a lot of people lie about what they want okay yes, but because there's a cool girl syndrome or there's a cool guy syndrome and I'm somebody who's fallen victim of cool girl syndrome where I'm just like I don't want kids like I mean I absolutely do want kids yeah. <laughs> but like I'll just be like oh my god I'm so cool whatever you want to do during this courting process people want to seem cool sure whereas like in bachelor what's cool is like wanting yeah. the Midwestern dream. <laughs> but then you're arguing that everyone on The Bachelor is there for the right reasons, mm. which is not always the case. Okay, but that's like an external variable. You're asking me why I think the format of the show is the best way to find <laughs> well, love. But then you have to agree <laughs> that the format of all other ways of finding love falls under the same category, correct? Oh, okay. Because like the individual people might uh, be there for the, the right, right reasons, reasons, might, might not be, be there the for wrong it. reasons. Yes. I just think that this format is a more accept. It, it forces you more into honesty. Sure. It forces your hand a little bit because you have the eyes of the nash. Everyone's Anya. calling you out. <laughs> those <laughs> <And> nash eyes. <laughs> those nash eyes. Brutal. <laughs> and they will. I mean, they will full on. They will shame you. They can see. They can. They can see through what sometimes the bachelor cannot see through or bachelorette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that is a good point one. Do you want to go ahead and do your second talking point? Uh, sure. I also think uh, when it comes to dating, it's really important to explore many different types of people Absolutely. and figure out what you want out of a partner. And just by the nature of you having an environment where you have 30 people to choose from, you're really going to get a sense of what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And by the end of it, you've completely explored 30 options which is about as much as people are going to date in a lifetime you're just doing it at this accelerated rate so by the time you pick the person you're picking the person that you're one gazillion percent the most into pending they don't you know leave but then you're arguing that 30 is the perfect sample study whereas you could be online dating for example and be able to swipe past 30 people in like 10 minutes but these people are curated Right. Well, which so, brings me to another point okay. that okay. a lot of the people on The Bachelor are picked by producers, correct? Mm-hmm. Producers who aren't necessarily trying to match make. They're looking to make good TV. So you, as The Bachelorette, 
aren't necessarily set up in the best position to have the best pool of 30 that you could have. Correct. Uh, yes. Here's the deal with that. Um, absolutely. They ha- they are there for the purpose of producing a television show. Mm. With that said, it's still within the Bachelor producer's best interest to make sure that the two people end up together. At There's two people that at least end up together at the end. Right. So, yes, they are going to throw like five wild cards. In sure. There. Yes. Like, and, like, you know, one of them's going to be like a a guy trying to promote his pro wrestling right. career. So you dress know, like you, a shark. Exactly. You're going to get your weird lemons. I'm trying to think. Um, unfortunately, the only one that is coming to my mind right now is like the horrible racist guy that they cast oh, one man. year, which yeah. was, um, yeah, that was bad bachelor for, producers. Yeah. Not, not cool. You're going to get about five lemons. The rest of them are all going to be freaking nines and above <laughs> like they're just going to be these hot people that you know like clearly they talk they discuss with the lead what they're into and what kind of women they're attracted to and so you're really? going to get this house you or think that they're asking for the types i mean the types of them i know that the they're same. asking for the types they have a discussion with the bachelor or with the lead before they cast that season and say what are you looking for yeah exactly Crazy that they all end up being very similar pools of humans they're very- all hyper babes whose jobs are either like lawyer or from Alabama (laughs) to my favorite qualifications yeah exactly there's uh there's been like um bachelor fan was one 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 was hipster one season (laughs) um but like ultimately like they're going to pick an aesthetic that they think the lead is going to be into right like but with that said just because somebody is an aesthetic doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it matches what matches them on the inside right so like you can have a bunch of you know like white guys with the same comb over (laughs) your type LA no (laughs) not my type (laughs) hot white guys identical comb over well it's not it's not a comb over you know what I'm trying like the pompadour a comb over is very specific you're talking about like coiffed hairstylings I like a Tom Selleck. Okay. Uh, I just want every one of my men to be mustachioed and combed over. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that you heard it here first. By the end of this podcast, we're going to have the, the gents lined up. Yes. <laughs> the comb over gents ready for their chance to date Alex Franklin. Please plug my Instagram handle. Yeah. So they all at, know to DM me. Alex Ryan Franklin. Yeah. DM her. Uh, she's public, I hope. And if she's not, she will be by the end of this pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if I'm too old to be on The Bachelor at, at this point. So I have to like make my own life The Bachelor if I'm going to be dating. I support this wholeheartedly. Thanks. I, uh, however, I do think... Oh. Okay, so, I win. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's End that. of podcast. Wait, okay, hold on. So what was the point you were just making right now that you think that you, because that because they put you in a room with a bunch of nines you're gonna find love well <laughs> that's pretty much what i heard from this no that's what you decided to hear <laughs> because that's not what i said that brings me to point number three well go ahead what well, go ahead and clarify <laughs> what i said is that you've explored many different types of people so right. you're not gonna have this feeling of oh the grass right. is greener on the other side right. because you've dated every person that you would wanna fuck yes uh, uh, sorry uh, can i curse on this I sh- yeah go right ahead okay again it, it's just 30 people it, i don't think this is another point that is mutually exclusive to the bachelor i think what is mutually exclusive to the bachelor is that they're putting 30 hot people in front of one person looking exactly and that I think is not at all a simulation of the real world and actually could be quite detrimental to lasting love. Cause think about it. If you are, first of all, well, two reasons, first of all, 
when you date, you might dress to the nines like the first few times, right? And then when the relationship continues, you allow each other to see, you know, what you really look like. Nope, I'm perfect. The whole bachelor. Time. <laughs> yeah. As we say here in our ball gowns. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I, you've seen me in pants in my house in two years. Alex looks amazing in her hot tank and uh, high bun combo. Hey, you're wearing jeans. That's yeah. a win. Hear that, Tom Selleck's? Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, I forgot, I lost my train of thought again. Uh, no. So you, what you were saying is you don't you think it's detrimental to the real world and not a simulation? Yes, I don't think it's a simulation. I think I think the Bachelor is the I think both parties are set up to be like, oh my god, this perfect person in, is presented in front of me, and it's not real. I also think that presenting one person with the option to pick makes it incredibly lopsided. So whereas the bachelor or bachelorette is in like a very good place for finding love, obviously all these people, it's their job to be on this game show and do the best they can and get picked and all that jazz. Uh, It's not symbiotic. It's only one person really getting to make the choice. So in a lot of cases, and I feel like it did happen in this season in particular, thankfully, because this is the only season I've really watched, um, (laughs) is that Colton did fall in love, yes, but it wasn't reciprocated. And even though at the end she did finally, you know, agree, she left the show. Like, I feel like if we're going to talk about the audience calling people out on their shit, the biggest thing that Twitter is going off on is that, like, she's not really interested in him. So was he really set up for success or was he set up to pick the girl that he was the most infatuated with and then pick and go on, go forward with that? Okay, I have a couple of counters. Uh, But first, I would like to deduct 20 points because um, (laughs) I had to remind you what your own point was. So I don't know how the point. Oh, shoot. Going. Okay, cool. That, or, I'm, I think I'm still up by four. But, um, <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but, um, okay, so yes, it, within the... So first of all, if you are the lead, your odds are pretty good. Yes. Um, because most Clearly. always the women the, the woman does not leave or the man does not leave right. depending on who they leave is. like a month later exactly. but yeah. well <laughs> shut up i'm not there yet sure. um but what's most important is i i need to clarify what i should have said at the top is bachelor nation is the greatest way to find love uh, okay because what ends up happening is changing our thesis statement uh, uh, continue <laughs> What ends up happening is all of the rejects end up on an island together over the summer and they see each other in their bikinis and then they start all having sex with each other. And then sometimes they make babies then. True. Um, Yes, because they're drinking a lot. (laughs) Also true. So even if you don't find love on The Bachelor, your world is opening up and your dating pool is opening up to and you're going to be around a ton of like-minded people who are all interested in the same things as you which is selling flat tummy tea on instagram for spawn con <laughs> so you're on the same page and you can like leverage your relationship in order to get all of this money you can like show each other show take pictures of each other in each other's bathrooms doing crest white strips and then make a whole ton of money so there's like a monetary incentive <laughs> i mean un- come on i mean like a being it all comes down to being on the same page as people and so through the mechanism that is the bachelor you you are finding people that are going to be of your kin fair although 
I would argue that what you're saying right now, you're talking about Bachelor in Paradise, that Bachelor in Paradise does just a fraction what the show that I think is actually the best way to find love. Okay, what show is that? It's Survivor. And Bachelor in Paradise emulates a lot of what Survivor does. So for those of you that don't know, you know, you know Survivor, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like there's like 20 castaways. Uh, they're sorted into tribes uh, and then they have to compete against each other, but also with each other for the ultimate goal of becoming the Survivor and also winning money. If you're in it for the Quest Rides trips, money is involved in this as well. That being said, I think the Survivor is like truly like it, what you're describing Bachelor in Paradise is what you like. Then you can like look no further than, you know, it's predecessor which is survivor um aval they're not dressed up like i was saying before so you actually get a sense for what people look like and uh, if you're gonna fall in love forever like that's important correct okay but i would argue that that when people are disgusting on a beach that's like not what you're also gonna look like in real life well, so even now. though like <laughs> the ball gowns like are not what you're gonna look like in real life so is like you with like sand in your crotch not gonna be what you look like <laughs> Sure. The rest that of being time. said, looks fade. So we could argue that the sand in the crotch look <laughs> is really like, you know, just like foreshadowing for <laughs> aging. aging Why is genitals. that what happens when you get old? Yeah. You know, your crotch as, gets as very a fresh sandy. 30. <laughs> I think I'm safe. I'm safe to say that, you know, once you get out of your 20s, like that's really when things start to look like you're on, been lost on an island for a longer time. But the thing is, in, in Bachelor in Paradise, there isn't such thing as scarcity in the way that there is in uh survivor because mm-hmm. like in survivor there really is only one prize and there's like a level of alliances and a level of deception that ultimately has to go in so ultimately people are being pinned against each other sure. because they're all fighting for a common goal that's one there's only room for one whereas bachelor in paradise they're putting everybody on an island and they're like hey guys uh meet <laughs> mingle be attracted to each other talk like but in the same options. way people are still voted off no they're and not. you're still forced to find alliances and and you know so in that sense they're very similar the only way that they're voted off is like there will be an uneven amount of guys as the girls and if you just if you haven't coupled up like as, shit out of luck <laughs> i that's were you gonna find your person or are you not gonna find your person get out of here yeah i mean look survivor I, I also think that even though they're on there explicitly for that i do think a lot of times with dating when there is the pressure of dating it's harder to actually get to know someone because the pressure is on so i think sometimes uh it's hard to go on a first day or to be set up or you know think about it how weird is that if someone like brings a friend to a party and you're like this person has a crush on you and you are going it feels childish it oh my feels God, hard amazing to like, and i love it you, that is not true <laughs> i'll argue that to the death and, and the gloves won't come off yet but i personally am aware that that is just false um you can't bring evidence that you know about me outside of the table to uh, i think i mean that was, that was definitely not one of the rules uh, okay but moving on i think the other things that survivor offers is that it forces people to work together toward a common goal um which is helpful because because of this you get to see um like the problem solving skills that people have you get to see their temperament in a hard situation um you get to see their tests of loyalty and in doing so i think you're able to like really if you fall in love on survivor like it's because you're seeing 
all of these sides of people and you know that you can work together and you know that you can work towards something and you can probably stay together forever. You're also you know mutually where choosing they off what you're also mutually choosing each other. Uh, you know where that also happens? Everything that you just described. The freaking bachelor <laughs> Taylor. There's so many series of challenges that they need to get over. I have another point if you don't like it that you can probably fight me on if you want. <laughs> I have another bullet point, but if you want to get me right go, now. Go. I mean, I I, I I would agree that they're compl- very, very different. Whereas these are working together in The Bachelor. It's once again, you're working to earn the affection of one person, which I don't think is natural or organic. And whereas on Survivor, you're working together toward a common goal that is other than each other. So you are fighting the real world in the way that you would naturally. Um, yeah, because <laughs> everyone's points. pulling an amulet out of an ocean <laughs> naturally. That's exactly <laughs> like what a typical Saturday night. <laughs> that Survivor is just like recreations of the Titanic. <laughs> Every season is just like a slightly better version based on scuba skills and <laughs> impressions of Leo. Okay, so I think that you are like a good points, Taylor. I'm not going to take that away from you. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Um, but The Bachelor also puts forth a series of challenges and, a co- and common goals that, they, that these people need to overcome together in order for them to bond. Like, for instance, on Rachel Lindsay's season, they went to Oslo, Norway, and they uh, propelled down the Holman colon ski jump I don't I'm so sorry if I did not pronounce that correctly but they had to work together to propel down this giant ski thing together and if one of them died they both died and at the end Rachel was just like I wanted to like fucking right then and there because like your adrenaline is so high and like having this common goal and face like with adrenaline which bridges the gaps between um attraction and i don't know whatever i had this like written down i truly ha- it's um um it, uh, from mike.com it, sorry this is all over this is um, it's, it's passionate i'm getting i'm very yeah. passionate right now so, so that's why i'm, I'm my words take your, are getting take your time so according to Mike.com in 1973, in what ended up being one of the most famous studies on psychology of attraction, psychologist Donald Dutton and Arthur Aaron set out to reveal that physical arousal, arousal, specifically reactions to scary situations, can actually impact sexual attraction. So they purposely put these people in life-threatening positions. You are explaining Survivor. Okay, but, that you, but you're saying to me, what you're saying to me right now is... That Survivor is the best way to find love because of said reasons. But Bachelor has everything that I said prior to, and I have more points, plus they have people repelling down a mountain. But that is one date. And I would argue that what that date really is, is a trip to Oslo, right? Like, did you watch the season, Taylor? (laughs) That's it. Yes, I did. Okay. Tasha and... Yeah, Colton. right. And How? so in one in one instance, three instances, mm, there were also instances where there's like puppies and like, you right, know, because you need a full scale of a person, not just, again, uh, going on like an underground. <laughs> but quest for a treasure, I, I think that it I think for a million reasons, the bachelor dates set uh, set partners up for failure, mainly because 
they're giving you these experiences that you're not ever going to have in real life. Like, so you are under the pretense of love meeting people while traveling and going on these exotic dates and seeing the world. And then when all of this ends and you're stuck back with fucking Colton in wherever hometown date, he has to go now. You, that's it. That's all. That's you're, you're stuck with each other and you now have to learn how to coexist together without somebody curating these dates for you. And I think that's going to be really challenging for, for couples, for bachelor couples. Or is it going to be people or is it going to be people that have, are used to these kind of dates and know, and are now in the real world and realize they want to plan stuff together because they know what it feels like to go on these adventures with people. Like you can also not, I, one of my points is I think it's really important to travel with somebody. And I think um, the bachelor does allow you to see everybody outside of their comfort zone because they're going to so many different territories and like not just I mean Colton season you know they went to Singapore they went to Thailand yeah. they went to Vietnam but they also like went to Denver, Denver. <laughs> and like on Nick they season did. they like went to Wisconsin yeah and then they, they went did. to Bimini so like <laughs> you are getting like a scope of like you are seeing people in different environments and seeing how they react to them and I think that's like incredibly important also you see how their like weird habits kind of come out during travel it's like a very important and I think because you sort of ha- are coming off this adrenaline rush, you're going to be more apt to want to plan more trips after uh, this journey is over. Yeah. I mean, I, if you are privileged enough to be able to do so, if you are not, then you're kind of set up for that was the time of our lives. The beginning of the relationship was an amplified version of the honeymoon phase. And now it's about to crash into a brick wall. Well, if you're on The Bachelor, this is all privileged people. Right. So they are going to be. And <clears throat> okay, so now you're saying that it's the best place for privileged people to find love. Uh, I think the reason it's the best re- place to find love, it's because you're getting everybody, you're getting people that are all on the same page with each sure. other. And that happens to be, un- the privilege happens to be under the umbrella of people that are sure. all like minded. Okay. <laughs> Although, lastly, just to bring it back to Survivor for one more point. Oh, God. Statistically (laughs) speaking, there are more Survivor couples who are still going strong than there are Bachelor couples. Statistically speaking, there's been more seasons of Survivor. And bigger casts. But it's not even the point of the show. And they are still producing couples that are going strong, have families, have been on other game shows together. I mean, what's divorce it happens to over 50% of people. I we'll see what happens in the long term. <laughs> We're playing a long game with The Bachelor. And the long game has shown us that most of these couples don't last. Can I take a time out? I'm like, um, yeah, upset. <laughs> <laughs> Timeouts are allowed. Thank you for calling. <laughs> you are welcome on that point to have a three to five minute break. Can I get you something to drink? Yeah, I'll have a beer. What time is it? <laughs> It's oh good. It's almost three. It's a completely Perfect. acceptable time to have a drink. Um, um, now that Taylor is going to the fridge to get me a carbonated beverage. Um, carbonated. Uh, beer, beer. Beer is carbonated. Is yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go on a rant about how I think it's gross that Taylor drinks milk. Um, <laughs> I think she was like probably one of those kids who watched the Got Milk. I refuse. <laughs> I just sprinted back from the refrigerator. I refuse. <laughs> to let you battle me on the my favorite beverage of all time without me pressing in the room 
I think that she, so she like saw Jonathan Taylor Thomas with like a milk mustache and like believed that osteoporosis was a direct effect of drinking milk and then like <laughs> developed a taste for it. She's coming back. <laughs> I, I will not argue that my Midwest upbringing absolutely contributed to my milk consumption, but I will argue <laughs> that despite the fact that I grew up on skim milk and occasionally the two percenter, if I was over at a cousin's house, <laughs> I have converted to almond milk and soy milk as an adult living in Los Angeles and I still find a glass of milk to be the most refreshing option after a meal during a meal after a long day the (laughs) most refreshing option so if you're like coming back from a workout (laughs) what's the first thing Mm. you go running around milk (laughs) actually funny you should say that as the marathon's going on today you want to know what they give marathon runners when they're done running chocolate milk chocolate milk is very good for marathon runners Haha. <laughs> I did not get, I did, well, granted, I ran a half marathon. I did not get chocolate milk. I also um, ran one in Wisconsin, which could explain why they were having okay. milk at the end of the marathon. <laughs> I will say, it could have been a, geogra- a geographical choice. Maybe. I definitely, I had water waiting for me. I had a coffee waiting for me, which is weird because I ran the race at night. Um, and I had like one of those like goop. coffee. Oh, yeah, you had one of those, yeah. Like like the goopy packs yeah, or whatever? Yeah, those are good, which and are just like straight up carbohydrates to keep you running. It was great. And then they like basically shoved a banana in my mouth. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so I like <laughs> went past horrifying. the finish line and they were like, end your banana. I hate that. Ugh, um, anyway, I I'm back. I will defend milk on a later date. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but now let's get back <laughs> to the real reason, the more important reason we're here. Alex's Hill. Time out over. Are you ready to get back into it? Yeah, I'm ready. I also think um, sexual chemistry is very important mm-hmm. when it comes to deciding if somebody's the right person for you. Absolutely. And the format of the show allows you some overnight time to sleep with your final three contestants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <Don't. laughs> so if you're wavering between three, because I think like people have the capacity to probably be, like, like, probably be into three people at once. But once you start sleeping with one like them, then you actually know who you're actually into. So that's like really pushing you over the edge and like letting you in on like who's going to bring it. And you think that in terms of building long lasting relationships, the best way to do it is let three of your potential partners all know that you are sleeping with all three of them. Again, this this, you uh, everybody adheres to the same format of the show. So like and like nobody knows if you are sleeping with them. You can operate under the assumption that you're not. I feel like that's a pretty unsafe assumption for most seasons besides maybe Colton. No, I, there's so many, so many bachelors and bachelorettes said that they don't. I mean, they're like lying, but that's like all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're like catering the show to grandma who's watching in Wisconsin with her milk <laughs> because it has helped with her osteoporosis. <laughs> that's why she's still kicking. Exactly. If you're dating somebody. Yes. Chances are. That you're, if you haven't had the exclusivity conversation yet, that they are seeing other people. And there probably is a chance, there is a chance that one or two parties are sleeping with other people at the time. True. And while I agree that communication is key, especially in the onset of a relationship, and if you're not exclusive and don't want to be, it is important to articulate that Mm -hmm. to your partner. 
I would also argue that forcing all three of your lovers to compete <laughs> against each other in the knowledge that each one is sharing the possibility of an overnight date could cause some trauma and some weird power dynamics in the onset of a relationship. Yeah, and if you're the woman, that's cool. <laughs> And if it's three men <laughs> going against each other, great. <laughs> I, I feel nothing about because, it. Because, yeah. <laughs> Fight for my love. <laughs> End of point. And, uh, well, she went. Uh, we're all dead on our hills. <laughs> all right. So sexism. Let's discuss uh, it. <laughs> Was that the last point that you had about The Bachelor? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think I did a really good job. I, I do agree that you did. <laughs> <laughs> that you did a very good job. Uh, I think we both successfully died on our hills today. Um, I think you over The Bachelor, me trying to fight against it, and also trying to fight in favor of America's leading uh, brand of <laughs> calcium. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you for coming today. Oh, thank you so much it for having really me. It was really so fun. And with that, now that we both died on our hills, I'd just like to read a brief eulogy uh, for Alex Franklin, who has done such a great job on our first podcast and died on the hill of uh, The Bachelor is the Best Way to Find Love. <clears throat> We are gathered here today to mourn the loss of Alex Ryan Franklin, who has tragically died on the hill of The Bachelor is the Best Way to Find Love. Alex was survived by her podcast, Trust the Bachelor Podcast, her various improv teams that you can catch performing all over town, uh, and dozens of other creative projects that, like many great artists, will just have to take off now that she's gone. (laughs) Uh, Her and her comedy will be missed by all. Uh, Let's take a moment of silence for Alex. Thank you very much for doing this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) R.I.P.